1: Welcome to episode three. Uh, we've got a few housekeeping notes to get to. Um, just a reminder to follow us on, follow us on social media. Uh, Instagram is Least Talk Forever, Twitter is uh, at uh, Least Forever Pod. Um, we want to thank all the subscribers. Um, in the last couple of weeks, we, uh, we've seen our numbers go up, uh, and those who downloaded, we've got fans now in uh, Germany, United States, around Canada, Sweden. Uh, and I believe Ireland. Uh, If you do like the episodes that we're putting out, go back and listen to the prior episodes. Uh, They're on all platforms now besides Google still. Um, And in terms of that, we'll get started here. Episode number three. So we're going to do favorite jersey numbers. And then we're going to introduce a new segment. Kyle, you start with the jersey number, your favorite player, through to war number three.
2: Yeah, thank you, Spencer. And uh, with number three, my favorite player would be wade belak i know scott had belak on his list last week for number two but for number three he's going to be my pick again rest rest in peace to wade he was a great great player really stick up for his teammates and um yeah he, he was a great uh great overall overall player in my opinion
0: my favorite number three was uh dion Phaneuf. He came in hot with a lot of buzz in the move from Calgary to Toronto. Uh, quickly became our captain, and after that, kind of uh, had a falling out with the fans and his play style and how he played the game. And uh, yeah, didn't really do much after that, but he, I liked the way he played. When he first came, towards the end of his time in Toronto, he wasn't that great, but I thought he was solid, uh, a solid stay-at-home defenseman when he first came that was Worthy of wearing
1: the C. Uh, and my pick for number three, a guy who is very worthy of wearing the C. Uh, probably the most stable defenseman on the back end, at least right now. Uh, and maybe the best all time leaf uh on the back end, and that is Justin Hall. Um, pure legend. Uh love the flow. Um <laughs> uh
0: now into now into the main business here. Scott's got a new segment. New segment is when we notice we made a mistake or a noticeable mistake won't happen every week. Hopefully we'll the following podcast will come on and we'll bring up the mistake we made, correct it and apologize. And the segment name will be way to go, Kyle, where we blame Kyle for all the mistakes we made. So way to go, Kyle, last week where you didn't point out that we were saying Smash Bros instead of Bash Bros when we put on Twitter the picture of the Bash Bros from Mighty Ducks. For some reason, we got in our head, Smash Bros, Mario and Luigi, and we just kept saying it. Kyle didn't remind us, so way to go, Kyle.
2: Okay. Maybe, also, maybe that was just okay. on your mind there. So, like, maybe you were just, like, that was what you guys were thinking at the time. Sorry okay. to interrupt you, Spencer, but, yeah, maybe that's what it was. No, Are I was we? just going to
1: say, way, way to go, Kyle, for uh for for mentioning that you also, after the recording ended, that he also is a big fan of the Netflix series, The Mighty Ducks, and that show is just pure awful.
0: Yeah, that was on Disney so, Plus, by the way. Yep, you're right. <laughs> Anyways, w- <laughs> way to go, Kyle. Also, way to go, Kyle, for continuing the trend of not knowing modern technology when you brought up the Wii, which hasn't made a game in like 15 years.
2: Yeah, that thing's 16 years old. Yeah, well, being oh, a couple Old, uh, old yellers like yourselves. Uh, I just figured you'd have one. Buddy, aren't you like six months younger than I am? Honestly, I don't, I don't even know.
1: Well, Don't matter. Uh, that is the new segment. Way to go, Kyle. Kyle's the yeah. scapegoat of this whole podcast. Uh, mm-hmm. Seems like you guys liked it, so. <laughs> just everything.
0: Alright, so now, to get back on track, with our headlines, uh, we first want to start out by wishing uh, Buck Martinez the best in his health, who came out recently that he is taking a leave of absence from doing the Blue Jays announcing because of his cancer. So uh, yeah, wish him the best and hope he makes a recovery and can come back because, I mean, he's been the Blue Jays announcer for as long as I can remember, so won't, won't be the same without him. Also, we'd like to uh, send our condolences to Gilles Fleur. Uh, it was I saw on Twitter that the Montreal Canadiens put out a statement about health concerns and his family wanting privacy. So obviously, respect those wishes and give him a privacy. But also, hopefully, the health concerns aren't too severe, and we don't lose another legend in the sport of hockey. Uh, and then re- Leafs related, we want to point out how the the Leafs have set a franchise record for most points recorded in a season and wins with 50, uh, breaking the Lula Morello 2017 Leafs uh, and doing so in the game against the New York Islanders and Lula Morello. So that was fun. And then finally, the minor injury to Ozzy Matthews, hopefully it's not a concern. Uh, we did bring up, I think it was the first episode, the whether Sheldon Keefe would sit the star players down the stretch to kind of give them a rest for the playoffs. Maybe this is what's happening, and they're just saying minor injury. I think Spencer did hear that it was a a bone bruise, I think you said?
1: Yeah, a few people I heard on uh, the radio said minor injury around this time of year could just be a bone bruise. It has nothing to do with his wrist, which
0: is good. Yeah, so hopefully he's back for the coming up games against Tampa, Florida, and then Washington again, because those are some pretty tough teams, and we'll need them.
1: I think Kyle was the only one on us three that said that he would 100% rest uh, the big guys, so if that's actually what's happening, way to go, Kyle, but only in a good way.
2: Yeah, there we go. I'm finally getting a little bit of recognition for something good. Usually it's just bad stuff, but here we go. Thanks, guys. That's a a first, and I think that's going to be the last.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, I think for yourself, buddy. If I remember, I,
0: I, I, I'm, I'm not saying I didn't say it because I did. I said I didn't want him to, but I think I pointed out that l- recent playoff Raptors, or maybe not Raptors with Kawhi, but Blue Jays and Leafs, where they've sat players going into the playoffs hasn't really worked out the best for them. Specifically, those Donaldson and Kornasian Blue Jays teams, uh, where they kind of crap down in the playoffs, and then. Obviously, the Leafs not me out of the first round in the past couple of years, so I, I just hope that he didn't. But if he does, then I mean, obviously, there's not much we can do about it. Just hope that this Matthews thing isn't more severe and he can come back.
1: It's kind of a perfect time to rest them in this situation, rest them in the
0: uh, like the low part of the end
1: of the season. Um, not that the games really matter now, but um, just like final uh, the fine tune for the playoffs with Florida, Tampa, Boston. Um, kind of get him back into that groove of hard checking. Maybe we'll get it 60 by then. Um, I think it's the perfect time to rest him. I, I didn't really want them to rest him, but Kyle, what's your take on this? Seeing you know, you're the only one that said 100% rest him.
2: See, my my point was more of like, don't play them the 20 minutes that they're playing. Um, like during the regular season, I would maybe cut down the time a little bit take a couple minutes off their uh off their nightly shifts and that um but if, if in that case if they're if they're actually resting them because of uh just trying to get them ready for the for the playoffs then i mean it's ultimately their their decision but yeah i i don't mind them playing them just cut their time down especially like depending on the score of the game obviously but
1: uh, just before we move on, um, we do want to mention, the going back to the jersey numbers, uh, Scott's uh, segment here with the classic jersey numbers, who wore number three, just for the older fans or fans that don't want to hear about modern-day hockey players.
0: Forgot about that. So our classic Leafs, who wore number three, are Al Arbor, uh, Marcel Pronovo, and Dave Manson. So, uh, yeah, just again, to throw out some older players to prove or, to show that we're not all just about the current modern day Leafs or the recent Leafs history, we do appreciate all Leafs history and all the players who have played for them
1: uh the important thing about that segment um like specifically the Jersey numbers is it's our favorite Leafs. who more those numbers I think uh scott's twenty nine so that might be the like the oldest that we go back. Was when he was younger, before just before me and Collin born. But yeah, we'll still throw out those classics. So it's not that we don't know the history or the people who wore that. It's just our favorite, just because some people and the Leafs fans are a little toxic. So we'll
2: just
0: yeah. And it's also good to point out classic Leafs who maybe no don't get as much attention as they should because of this season. Yeah, just like Matthews and Marner and all them are having and how they're. Not rightfully so considered amongst the greatest Leafs of all time. So just to point out some classic players who people can look up, or depending on the era they played in, go watch some highlights of them to appreciate the the history that the Leafs do have. Yeah,
1: that's that's 100% true. I'm just saying like that whole segment, for those who every week will say, oh, why are you saying only players that played 2000s and on? It's because those would be our favorite Leafs, but we will throw out the notable classics for you guys.
2: Yeah, moving on, let's uh let's talk about the the couple of games that we've had uh um Ottawa Islanders and Philly. Uh, Scott, what's your take on the uh the Ottawa game? How how we played and what what you thought of it? I thought that we
0: came out a bit sluggish. Uh, Ottawa definitely controlled play not the whole game, but for a, a wide chunk of the game. Just another trend of the Leafs playing down to teams lower in the standings. We did rebound a couple times, played better, controlled play there for a little while in the third, tied the game, and then got a lucky break in overtime with the disallowed goal. And then a nice pass by Newlander set up Geo for the his first goal of the Leafs. But I thought we, I mean, besides the Washington game, the last stretch of games has been pretty poor play from the Leafs. Uh, we've played at the better at the right times in the game to take leads or win the game, but that Washington game compared to these recent games has just been night and day where like there's times in the game, Ottawa games specifically, where they seem like they just didn't want to even show up, so hopefully they can turn that around.
1: What was your guys' take on uh, the OT goal that was called back? A lot of people that were, uh, like I know who are Ottawa fans, were saying that it was the Leafs or Suns versus the Refs because they called back the goal. I think that it should have been a disallowed goal, uh, regardless of what team, but um, I guess a little least biased. What do you guys think?
3: Yeah, I, I
2: mean, I think uh, I think that they, they made the correct call. I feel as though in a situation like that, it's always whatever team doesn't get their way, then it's that team against the refs. Usually that's how it that's how it goes in a situation like that. But, um, yeah, I, I think they got the right, correct call in that situation. Yeah, I agree with that.
0: And there was also, just to bring up some similar situations, a couple years ago, I think it was four or five years ago now, Malkin happened against the Leafs where they allowed the goal after he pushed uh, Anderson, I think the goalie was at the time, into the net with the puck and they allowed it. And then last year with uh, Joe Thornton where he did it and they disallowed it. So I think it's just uh, the moment it happens in and the, the refs have to decide if it, if they want it to, or not that they want it to count, but if they're going to determine if it counts or not based on the situation the game is and and seeing how that would have been the game winning goal. I think it led into them following more strictly the rule book than the Malkin or Thornton where, was kind of just a second or third period thing where the game was kind of already on a hand in the case of the Malkin one or what had no effect on the game for the Thornton one. So the, the time and situation that happened, I think should also be taken into account.
1: Yeah. I was actually going to bring up that Joe Thornton, um, I, what was that against Winnipeg
3: I
0: think? Oh uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I think Winnipeg game last year when
1: he pushed the pad into the net, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I I liked the, my favorite part about that whole thing is is the ref called no goal on the ice when it happened, and then like went and reviewed it and came back and stood pat on what he was saying. He didn't like, say yes, like goal, and then go back and review it. So I mean, it, it's nice to see that the refs were a little bit more consistent this time than in past. With not just the Leafs, but in like uh, the refs' consistency has been a little lax. Uh,
0: the only thing I don't like and they mentioned it on the broadcast, like the announcers, is that sometimes they go by the ref's intent to blow the whistle instead of when they actually blow the whistle, which I don't think should be allowed. I feel like it should have been left up to review if Toronto didn't think it was a goal. So uh, the the, the ref should have noticed that it was a goal because intent to blow the whistle shouldn't matter because then you could use that in any situation in hockey. Uh, but then the Leafs should have challenged and left it up to the review, which would have realized that it was no goal. I don't think that the, the them saying ref's intent should have really played into it, or should it ever really play into it, because then teams could try to use that as an excuse whenever in situations where the game could be decided.
1: Uh, yeah, and just for those who are watching around the world or wherever you're watching who don't know, uh, Scott wasn't saying Toronto as the team when he said that should be decided by Toronto he was meaning the war room. Oh yeah. yeah the, the video review room. Yeah. Just we because that it. situation involves Toronto, he wasn't meaning the team.
3: And
0: also Toronto, the team deciding to challenge, not just Toronto, the war room, but yeah, I wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't yeah just for those who,
1: who don't hundred percent know that.
0: Yeah. I wasn't saying Toronto Maple Leaf should have decided if it was a goal or not The the, people who review it are in the city of Toronto, so that's what I meant, yeah.
1: Yeah, at least it wasn't like that one time with like the Rangers in Carolina last year. <laughs> and the guy was like, that's a goal on the review, and then the ref came out and called it a goal, and then they had to take it back at the... the oh, first, yeah, it was, I guess, first down the, the first, job. <laughs> yeah, first down the job, and everyone was just ripping on him. I don't think he ever probably lasts another day, but at least it wasn't uh, like that.
0: I don't know, I haven't heard anything about him
2: now um i don't know about you guys but when Giordano scored that goal in overtime i don't i don't know but i was i was pretty hyped about it just that being our biggest uh biggest trade deadline acquisition and at his at his stage and in his career and how he's a toronto boy i was i was so happy for him in that moment
0: yeah yeah me too uh that, we mentioned it last week where he's the probably the biggest free agent acquisition they've had whether defenseman or not in 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 a while so the impact he's had on the team since he came here has been phenomenal and for him to chip in on even tonight when he set up uh Spezza the Simmons pass around and then he passes it to Spezza to score I feel like he's he's fit right in with the Leafs and then that goal the pass from Nylander leading to him scoring in overtime it yeah I was I was stoked when he did it
3: Okay now
1: we're moving on to the Islanders here uh a boring game. I thought boring game. Most exciting part about that was I think the Lobushkin hit.
2: Yeah, that was a really boring game and uh I mean playing the Islanders and no offense to the other leafs but not having Matthews play. Um obviously he he always adds some crazy excitement when he's uh he's around then around the uh, in the zone shooting the puck. Um but yeah, Island is solid defensive team, even though they're not gonna make it to the playoffs. Um Leafs missing some guys. Yeah, super boring game. I have the uh I had similar take on it as you, Spencer, so uh but yeah, I mean ended up getting the win. Uh good outcome. Solid play by some some players. I thought Angball had a pretty good game. Those depth guys played pretty solid like they have been. But yeah.
1: And as Scott mentioned before, uh, Tavares, I think, assisted on the game-winning goal and then yeah. in a roundabout way eliminated the Islanders. So hopefully that puts that to bed and the Islanders can just suck it up about Tavares leaving.
0: Oh, it it won't. They'll still call him Pajama Boy even though it was a bed
2: spread And
1: <laughs> Yeah, I don't know where that came from. That's just embarrassing.
2: It's been what now? Five years? Four years? Yeah. Well, Catch I mean. 2018, I think.
1: No
0: offense to them, but when it's the most exciting thing that's happened to your team since the 70s, 80s dynasty, I guess they're going to try to carry on. That's true, I guess. Um, But yeah, the game, uh, I thought, surprisingly, it was boring. I thought, especially since Islanders were still mathematically in the playoffs, that they would have came out and it would have been... Like, the beginning of the game, it seemed like it was going to be chippy there with the early scrums in the fight. and uh, But then it just kind of died off. I thought for sure with Islanders trying to fight for their playoff lives, it would have been more of a contest. Not that the, sc- the score obviously was close, but I mean like they would have been trying and it would have been an exciting game. The Leafs would have stepped up their game to match, but it just seemed like both teams were kind of dead. And and obviously the Islanders got beat down. So I don't. I, I, it was just weird to me how both teams still fighting for a position. Islanders in the playoffs, at least for who they're going to play if they can get second place. Just it seemed that they weren't as impactful as past games between the two.
1: That's the Islander style, though, like shut down. Yeah, but
0: like like earlier in the season or even when they, they played last, maybe not this year, but in previous years that they've had exciting games, even with that style. So, And given the situation where Toronto wants to get second and Islanders want to make the playoffs, I thought it would have been a bit more exciting of a game because of those factors leading into it and the factors that would have had the outcome if the Islanders won or whatever. But I I was just shocked that it was not as exciting as it was.
2: Like, if I'm to pick a... If I had a chance to go to any Leaf game on a Saturday night and any team the Leafs are playing... I would say Islanders would be one of the last teams I would, I would pick Um, just because, yeah, like we've said, boring, boring games. They don't have any, no offense to the Islanders, but they don't have any huge names to watch out for and uh, play a very shut down, shut down game. Yeah. I, I I just, this just came to me
1: just a second ago when you said that, Kyle, Uh, two things. One, if I was going to a Leafs Islanders game on a Saturday night, it would be in uh Long Island. Just so that I could hear all the Islanders fans of John DeVars. Just because it's it's so petty. Uh and secondly, did you guys see the video going around about the a little off topic, but about the Leafs fan like knocking the shit out of that guy and um during the Washington game or after the Washington game?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, that was funny.
1: I mean, I understand fighting like Fighting isn't the best. Um, sometimes well, it can mean, be funny, but he plastered that guy.
0: In that situation, but, I feel like it was validated.
1: Yeah, apparently, like, if you guys don't know the backstory, for those who are listening, apparently this older man was touching this guy's girlfriend or whatever, and he took exception and got him on his back over top of the seats and gave him a good one-two. Um, and the, the guy was gushing. Like It looked like the glasses cut him or something, like his face was bloody. But I mean, the lesson learned here is: don't touch women, in general, or anyone really. It doesn't just have to be
2: a woman. Give your answer yourself. So. I, I had a good one too. Maybe, maybe yeah, DM White might want him. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna
1: say, like a McGregor. Um, yeah, I, I, I just uh, thought of that just a second ago. I thought we should touch on that. Uh, any other thoughts about the Islanders game? It wasn't very. Um, to have been full let's talk about the uh simmons fight for a sec yeah that it was much of one
0: i was just gonna bring that up i was kind of hoping that they would have won again so that not to say that colton or colton what's his name johnson Johnson. yeah Yeah. didn't win but i mean it was kind of quick and over with so i was hoping they would have won again so simmons could have had at least a chance to throw a couple punches and it would have been more of a drawn-out uh brawl
2: yeah, a, um, a a stat that I looked at after the uh, after the game was uh, like the height and weight differences between the the guys. So according to the score, Simmons is six two one eighty five. Like Simmons isn't doesn't weigh a ton. Yeah, that's Nick Diaz. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the comparable if you're talking UFC fighter versus uh, versus Simmons. It'd be similar weight class. Um, and Johnston six foot five, two thirty two. I think I saw. So he's got almost uh, almost fifty pounds on him. So good for Simmer to get in there and stick up. It, it was him sticking up for uh, for a, a hit Johnston had made early in the game, right? Gio,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah
2: I So good, good for him.
1: But but then the the example that Anthony Stewart gave in the intermission uh, for those who watch on Sportsnet was um like then Martin, Matt Martin came in a few minutes later and could have just ran the least defenseman into the boards, but then he held up a bit, and the example that he was giving is although Simmons didn't go in there and and knock knock uh Johnson out or whatever he he's still the presence of him on the ice, the presence that he did what he did, I guess kind of kind of put the islanders in their position, but then the Islanders out and hit Toronto two to one. It was like forty eight twenty two or twenty eight uh forty eight twenty four. Um so I don't really know the validity of, of what Anthony Stewart said. What do you guys think like from that? Like do you think Simmons in that moment, even though he lost a fight, settled the score, like settled things down in the game, or do you think the Islanders were just gonna play their game regardless?
0: I I don't know if hundred percent if him being on the ice settled the game down. But, I mean, him being on the ice always has some kind of uh, impact or, or send a message to the other team because he is one of the toughest guys in the league. But I, I, I think more along the lines of those style of hits that Matt Martin could have hit, whoever it was from behind or a dirty hit on the boards or whatever, with Simmons on the ice kind of controls that. Not necessarily that it stops the other team from hitting, it just makes them focus more on making sure it's clean hits or open ice hits or whatever you want to call them. So that him. It doesn't have to get involved. And then other guys have to answer.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I think the, I think that he did the right thing and you don't need to, he, he dropped the gloves with them. And so what if he lost? See, I wouldn't even say he really lost the fight that bad. The other guy just got one, one or two small hits on them. Like it wasn't anything huge and he, and he fell down. Like it's not like they were going at it and, Simmons was just eating fists from Johnston. Like, no. You're already going in there, you're f- fighting him. A guy who's fifty pounds more than you got three inches. Like all props to Simmons and uh I, I think he, I think he did his job there and he was set the point across to them.
1: Uh perfect segue um from those uh from one fight to another, sorry. Um Big Boosh fought tonight. Not necessarily the biggest fight of his life, but uh took on Zach McEwen, got one punch in and then they wrestled to the ground. It looked like Zach McEwen was trying to. Like it looked like he was trying to get around uh his hands free, but Lobushkin just seems like a big tough guy. So uh you guys happy to see that kind of stuff or or just leave it to Simmons and Clifford?
2: Yeah, I mean I I don't yeah, like you said, it wasn't much of a fight. It was like maybe one punch, two punch, and then wrestling match. But uh, Ilya and when you watch the fight, he had good uh, good positioning. He he almost had him jerseyed right off the bat. You'd think a guy like uh, like McEwen would have his jersey done done uh, a little tighter up. But um, yeah, you you'd think you'd think that like a guy like Ilya Labushkin would go in there and not really be able to tussle with a guy like Zach McEwen, the Flyers known fighter. But uh yeah, he, he stood his ground and it was good for uh for what it was. It was more of a, a wrestling match, but yeah.
0: Yeah, I think it's good always good when your team or your the players on your team stick over themselves before relying on the other guys to step in for them. Obviously like you guys said, Labushkin's a bigger guy. He could handle himself. Maybe not in the actual fighting aspect, but he's big enough, strong enough to wrestle McHugh into the ground so he doesn't can constantly get punched. But if the game would have gotten out of hand, they started to run at players. I think that's when you need your bigger guys to step in, but if it's a... Labushkin wants to drop the gloves or Camp or Engval or, or McAv, punch around, scrums, I think you're always happy when guys want to stand up for themselves and not have to rely on everybody to do it for them.
1: Um speak about runs, that's that's kinda like what Labushkin did to Zach McEwen, like a stick one flying into almost at Marner. And then uh, yeah, obviously McEwen asked him and Labushkin obliged, but uh Your guys' take on that game I thought another uh relatively boring game. I, I did listen to um Real Kip From Born uh today based on yesterday, Easter Monday. And they had uh, Keef on for a couple minutes, and he was saying, at this point of the season, it, the guys, because of the Olympic break, everything's pushed back, their internal clocks are messed up, uh, they're preparing for the playoffs, they want the playoffs, like, it's just kind of a grind now to get there. So maybe that's why the games appear to be a little bit more boring, and not necessarily slower-paced, just
2: low event.
3: Yeah, I don't I don't know
2: the reasoning either, Spencer, but maybe that has something to something to do with it. But yeah, the the first period of this game I was like oh my gosh. Like I, I had to flip back and forth between the the Blue Jays because uh I just couldn't I couldn't watch uh watch the leafs the whole period just because of how boring it was. And plus I wanted to see uh Yusei Kikuchi, the Japanese the new Japanese pitcher for the the Blue Jays pitch, um, but yeah, boring. Really boring game. I uh, was happy to see Lilligren score a goal because of what he's uh, how his development's been pretty slow um, with the Leafs, but now he's really showing who he is this year. And um, the the depth again. The depth guys having a solid game. Uh, David Camp that spets a goal that was that got me uh, out of my seat for sure. Those three older guys a uh, little tic-tac-toe. Uh, that was pretty unreal. And then uh, Nylander, he had a really good game. So, yeah, boring game, but got the W in the end. And it could also be, and I, I mean, you would have to go back and look,
0: but before the the games, the stretcher games before that Florida game where they lost, Florida came back, they were up, what, 6-1 or whatever. Like, those were high event. Exciting games that Toronto's playing—they were putting up like six goals a game. They were always controlling the pace. Like teams came back, but Toronto was always in the other team's zone. They were always in the play. They were always fighting back, not score-wise, but like physically, like trying to dominate the play. Whereas the last stretch of games, excluding that Washington game with Buffalo and that, it seems like they—they—they've kind of did a complete 360, and now it's more just try to win. It doesn't matter if the game is boring, if we score six goals. And they have put up goals, but it just seems like a complete 360 of play style where now it's like a slower paced Like, not maybe not even that they just think the games don't matter because they're already in the playoffs, but just, it, I don't know, it just seems weird how they went from literally nonstop action in those stretch of games where they were scoring on the pace of the Florida Panthers, who put up four plus goals a game, to now, it just seems like yeah, they 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 get slow starts, and they they just came to it's just slow paced games and it's kind of boring. Um,
1: there's potential that the games could get a little bit more exciting with who's on the docket coming up. We got Tampa Thursday, um, Washington I know on Sunday. I'm looking forward to that. Hopefully, Tom Wilson and Simmons fight.
2: Uh, who do they have Saturday? Is it Florida? Yeah, they're in Florida on Saturday, seven o'clock start.
1: And then the Red Wings. I would imagine that that'd be a slower pace game. But the Red Wings and Leafs. I mean, excluding that, like what was it, ten eight or eight nine eight or whatever it was mm-hmm. game. Like usually those games are pretty eventful. And then Trump, Boston the end of the year, so hopefully it just picks up a little bit, just because like you look you look forward all day to to watch the Leafs, and then the games are slow, and it's just like drags on i hope they just get a little bit better before the playoffs here and help matthews get
0: 60 in one of these games well and that could also be a factor is that buffalo montreal ottawa islanders were still in it for a bit there like playoff wise and then philadelphia all those teams are already out so maybe it's just the fact that they didn't really need the wins yeah like, like, Philly knew that they were out. didn't matter if they won or lost. Same with Ottawa. Where Ottawa put up a fight, so maybe not them. But it, maybe those games are just considered boring to us because they're not as important to us because... Or the other team because the teams are already on the playoffs and it's just like a nothing game for the Leafs. I would... I think uh, it is... Go
2: ahead. go ahead. You take this, Kyle. You take this. Um, I was just going to say, I, I think that these lower tier teams. At um, this time of year, they love playing spoiler. Um, you always love seeing these up, big upsets. I mean, like that aren't the Leafs, obviously, excluding them, but you always love seeing these big upsets. Like tonight, um, Detroit went into Tampa and beat Tampa 4-3. And yes, Vasilevsky was in net, And uh, I think Thomas Grice. Yeah. Thomas Grice had a pretty solid game. Stopped 38 out of 41 shots so that that there's just an example of uh a team going into another team's building um playing spoiler when detroit's got nothing to lose uh tampa they're in a big situation here they they need their wins as much as they can get but yeah my my take on this is uh these these lower tier teams that aren't going to be in the playoffs um they love going into other teams buildings and uh putting up a big fight and playing spoiler.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, I wasn't, like, talking. I was talking more from, like, us as Leafs fans. Like, that's how we view the games. That's why we find them boring. Obviously, like, Philly controlled play. They only shot the Leafs, what, 30, high 30s to mid-20s. So, obviously, they they wanted to play. But I was talking more from, like, us as Leafs fans. We find the games boring because those teams are already and They're not as
2: important as the Tampa's, the Florida's, the Washington. Oh, for sure. Yeah, um, definitely. And um, like Saturday, um, Ottawa put up a little bit more of a fight and they were they were trying to play spoiler there. But I mean, you always see a, a Leafs-Ottawa game, high scoring. Uh, a lot of times Leafs play pretty sloppy in Ottawa. And I don't know what it is, but if you look at like the recent Saturday night games against Ottawa, they're they're always close. I, I don't remember the last time the, uh, the Leafs went in there and won like a 6-2 game against Ottawa. I don't know about you guys, but as far as I can remember, that's that's what I, what I think on it.
1: Every time I see Toronto-Ottawa play, the only thing I can think of is four goals in one game by Austin Matthews. Regardless of the win or loss, still an impressive feat. Um, I do think, though, like, going back to what Sheldon keeps said on, on the radio, I, I do think that it is true. Like, like it's coming to the end of April now. That's usually the end of the first round, isn't it? Like, usually second week of April, the playoffs are about to start. So, or the season's just ending. But now we're going to be, like, May 2nd, May 5th by the time the Leafs play. Like, I'm, I I mean, you can tell the fans are, are wanting to get there, but I couldn't imagine what it's like for the players to be now five games away to starting what actually quote-unquote really matters and trying to prove, well, we can win.
2: It's got to be a grind for them. Yeah, I think uh, I think around this time we'd be, what, close to second second round? Um,
1: yeah, I think the last couple of years it's been like just before my birthday at the end of April and the first round's over. And I'm yeah. always sad because I want to lose to play on my birthday and they always get beat out.
2: Well, maybe this, this year you'll uh... – well, actually, you no. Know, I was gonna say maybe this year you'll get your your wish come true, but the least. No, they play the
1: Friday. No, they play the Friday before on the twenty ninth, and then they they start. I'm assuming on the second of May or the third of May.
2: Oh, it's too bad. Um, but yeah. Um, r- usually around because uh, w- NBA playoffs are first round right now. Um, usually hockey playoffs are kind of in sync with that, if not. Uh, they're they're not fully aligned but they're a little bit off from each other
1: yeah it's just because the uh the olympic break that we had this year that didn't end up being an olympic break just to make up two weeks for the
0: covid shutdown but didn't the season start a little bit later because of the
1: yeah because covid too yeah so but then we had the two-week break that i mean not that it wasn't necessarily a two-week break you got a good point scott
0: yeah, but that would have been scheduled even if the season would have started at regular time, right? Because the yeah, but already were
1: determined. If we didn't have that two-week break, and,
0: yeah, you're right, we
1: started oh. earlier, then we would have been two weeks earlier in the in the summer, or in the April, into the season, sorry. Yeah. Which would have pushed us into playoffs now. Which, I mean, like, whatever. Playoffs in May, playoffs in June, that's cool. Um, I just am I'm so excited for it, I can't wait to
2: get started here. yeah i mean uh that that two weeks of uh where the olympics were supposed to happen but obviously didn't due to COVID. um it ended up working out in a way because we saw a bunch of games that were canceled due to COVID um happened during those two weeks right yeah it was
1: a lot of makeup games a lot of
3: makeup games in those
1: two weeks um Just before we get into uh, a couple other things, it's 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 a seventy seven percent chance of, apparently that Toronto will be playing Tampa. Um I think I think Toronto's got a better offense this year than Tampa. Like Tampa's having some trouble getting those guys that they got, Paul and uh, Hagel. Um like acclimated into their system. Um what what do you guys think? Defense, Victor Hedman outweighs all of what Toronto has, like, and star power. Uh, and I think goalie, obviously, Jack Ample's beat, but, like, depth, I think Toronto's depth might be better. Do you guys think they're going to beat them?
2: I think depth, for sure, this year. Uh, we've got them just because uh, two very underrated guys that they got rid of last year uh, are going into this year, Barkley Goodrow and uh, Blake Coleman. Both went to new teams too, because uh, they got big money elsewhere, and obviously Tampa wasn't gonna be able to afford to give uh, Blake Coleman a third, fourth liner, uh, five million a year or whatever Calgary gave them. But uh, yeah. yeah,
1: they also um, lost uh, Yanni Gord too in the expansion.
2: Yeah, that third line. Those three guys. That's big. Um, but I, I think we, uh, we match up to them. Uh, depth. I think we have the better depth this year, um, just because of how our guys have been playing and the numbers that they've been producing. Uh, Hagel and who's the other guy they got? Nick Paul. Oh yeah, those are bit those are big acquisitions for them. But uh, nowadays we're used to seeing Tampa do things like that. Um, but yeah, I think the least match up with them. Uh, our offense I believe is better, but uh their defense they still have got these big rugged defensemen that uh that'll hit you and uh will just get in your way. But other than other than maybe their their defense. Actually I wouldn't even say their defense are better than ours. But yeah. I I, definitely- I just I
1: just think Victor had been like Toronto doesn't have a Victor Hedman. Yeah, they have Morgan Riley, but he's not Victor Hedman. That guy, yeah, I that think, guy's elite. I think Victor Hedman is the best defenseman in the league. And I also think Vasilevsky's the best goalie that we've seen since Dominic Asik. Yeah, Some will say Shesterkin, but Vasilevsky's a different breed in my opinion.
0: Scott, what, uh, what do you think on this? Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think we're a good matchup. And, I mean, the Leafs fan always... Leafs fans, sorry, always fall into the trap where every year we say, oh, this team has more depth than previous years. Oh, this team has more scoring. I think this year is the year where all that is actually true. The depth that we've had the last couple of years with Mikheyev and Engvall haven't really produced in past years are now producing this year. We added a solid defensive forward who's good at face and David Camp. Uh, Kerfoot's producing, Kneelander's producing, Matthews producing, Marner's producing at season highs. Bunting is a surprise. Then on defense, you have eight solid NHL-caliber defensemen. Uh, Riley is a top-end guy. I wouldn't say he's as good as Hedman. Seven I'd agree there. Oh yeah, yeah, seven. Because Justin Hall isn't. Yeah, isn't one. I would agree that Hedman is is better than Riley. And I'd say in a few years he could potentially be knocked off the purchase of best defenseman in the league by someone like camel car or Adam Fox. But as of right now, I'd say he's the best, best defenseman in the league, but yeah, matchup wise, I think this year, more than any year, I think Toronto is, could be dangerous in the playoffs if, and obviously that's a big if the, the guys that we have currently producing can continue to produce. And then on top of that, our star players continue to dominate the way that they have been dominating. I Uh, think the biggest question we have comes with goalie. And Jack Campbell's been playing well, but he kind of proved in the playoffs last year, and this year might be different, but last year that he might not be the best goalie under pressure. And we may need not just a new goalie, but we may need to worry about finding a goalie that can, can lead us past the first round if our star players don't score like last year or
2: our depth guys fall off
0: like past year's.
2: So, Spencer, I know you had mentioned, uh, what was it, 77% chance of playing Tampa in the first round? Is that? That was also yesterday, though. I don't remember okay know what it was today. So, so, that was based off of the points yesterday? Well, yeah, like, like yeah. 12 o'clock Easter Monday. Okay. Um, yeah, because just, just looking at it right now, Tampa's got a 100 points, uh, Boston's got 99. Boston went into St. Louis tonight and one, three, two in overtime. Um, and I don't know who has the easier matchup, but we, we could see either or. I kind of, uh, I don't know about you guys, but I'd, I'd love to see a first-round matchup with Boston.
1: Yeah, I agree with that. Um, before I touch on that, I just want to mention something that Scott mentioned. Um, I, th- I think you're right about, like, Kel McCarr and Adam Fox and whomever else. But, like, peer defensemen, not just someone who can score points because I think that's how we measure best defense. Like Roman Yossi is another one of that category, but I think we, a lot of people measure best defense by who can produce the most points, but like pound for pound, best defender in the league, best shutdown defender. I think Victor Hedman has solidified that spot. And, And yeah, eventually he'll be knocked off. But this brings me to another question that was on the Jeff Merrick show. He had mentioned someone had mentioned to him potentially bringing in an award called the Bobby Orr Award uh, and having the Norris Trophy for best defensive, the caliber defenseman, and the Bobby Orr Trophy for the best offensive
0: defenseman because
1: um, we seem to measure defense as uh, based on offensive uh, skills.
0: Jeff Merrick said that?
1: It was on his show. I, I don't know yeah. who said it, but.
0: Because I'm pretty sure Wayne Gretzky said that on the whatever, what is he work for, TNT? I'm pretty sure he's the one who brought that up on the TNT broadcast that he wants them to bring in a Bobby Orr Award, and I maybe maybe he wasn't the first one to say it, but I'm pretty sure I read on Twitter that they were talking about how he brought it up that they should bring in a Bobby Orr Award for the highest scoring defenseman, and then the, then uh, the
1: maybe that's how he how he came up with the idea or the what Norris can stay,
0: but, but just real quick I want to touch on what you said about had been the 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 best shutdown and I agree with that but I feel like in a, the coming years maybe even 5 years down the road it would take I feel like McCarr or Fox or another young up and coming guy could could easily uh, obviously his game will have fallen off by then but I feel like they could still they're still developing in the case of Adam Fox who's young and McCarr who's younger not I don't I think he's a bit older than Fox but no, like he's they could, I think. Oh, is he? But Adam the, Fox played in that call. Oh, well, either way, though, they could like, take over that while still scoring. They could develop their defensive game enough where they could take over the, the mantle, in our view, from him as the best shutdown, stay at home, or defensive defenseman, whatever you want to call it, while still putting up the points. Like, look at, like, legend not to compare adam fox or them to him or them but like bobby Orr, paul Coffey, uh ray bork richard park richard park brad park sorry they were great offensively like paul Coffey, bobby Orr were putting up forward level level points while still being considered the best defenseman in the league so i feel like kyle mccarr adam fox could be on a trajectory to do that and then take over that role as the best defensive, stay-at-home, whatever you want to call it, defenseman from Victor Hedman while still, or even Roman Yossi. I mean, he's been in the league a while, but while still putting up the 80, 90 potential points a year.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously someone's going to dethrone him. I I think that there's a chance that Owen Power might take that. Um, I also looked it up in in Adam Fox. They born both born in 98. Adam Vox is older than Kim McCarr by like two months. Uh also I noticed that you mentioned Richard Park. He is I mean he, I he's played for part. numerous amounts of teams. Yeah, but let's just uh, mention Owen Par or um, Park. Richard Park, Islander's legend. He had a career uh like two hundred points, but super, super versatile player. Richard Park, if you're listening, not
3: that you ever would be, but if you are, come on our show.
0: Uh, Yeah, Uh, I remember, personal story, you used to use him all the time in NHL games, and whenever he would score, you would yell on his name, and and yeah, and you would just always love to play with him on your team.
1: Yeah, Richard Park, Bates Bataglia, a few legends. Uh, Now, when I play NHL games, um, there's no Richard Park. But it's Nick DeLoria. I think I get him a lot. Dude's uh dude's a legend,
3: but Richard or, Park, uh, Thomas Carver. What were you
1: gonna
0: say? I, I forget his name now. He used to play for Florida. He he's like your favorite player. Oh, know, player? Right? No, like he's a current guy. I Uh it's yeah, Bjorkstrand
1: Oliver yeah. Bjorkstrand. Did he play for Florida? No, Columbus. He's the Columbus, f- my yeah. favorite player, not on the Leafs. Yeah. Um, is, did, did Kyle say oli Jokinen? <laughs> yeah. I did. I did. <laughs> what, like, can I just do do?
2: ask why is Bjorkstrand your favorite player? No, no, no. Why? Leafs. Yeah.
1: I don't know. He's just. It's just. I don't know. He's kind of like a Neilander to me. I like Neilander. I like guys that just go about their business, get ripped on a lot by the media, but just. Basically, stick up the middle finger like Kyrie Irving, say "f you," and just go about their business and still produce. It's okay. just him and um, and uh, Wenberg. I really like docs Wenberg too. I I I have this uh, like weird obsession with like European hockey players. Like I like Canadian hockey players too, but like Thomas Gabriel, one of my favorites. I like the City and Twins, Pavel Bure, Peter Forsberg,
0: Nick Andrewpoff.
1: Nick Enshpoff, if you are listening, I know you, I've been seeing
0: you like stuff
1: on Instagram, buddy. I'm going to put this clip on Instagram. Like it. Subscribe to the podcast. Reach out. Come on. He's actually from Kazakhstan, too, just so everyone knows. Uh, Ponkarovsky, I I didn't mind. But yeah, if you're listening from Sweden, you guys produce some of the best hockey players. Nick Lindstrom, uh, also a legend. Uh, you name it, I love them. Buy me a plane ticket to Sweden. I'll go there. Me and Scott and Kyle will go there do a podcast live from Sweden. But on your guys' dime, so donate.
2: Yeah, that's a long flight.
1: But... Also,
0: that's a lot of money. <laughs>
1: yeah, Don't actually donate. If if I woke up tomorrow and there was that much money in the PayPal account, I'd probably donate it to, cha- to charity. A Swedish charity. Maybe Swedish fish. I like them too. Those are good. <laughs> Scott, you like Swedish fish? Uh, no. I've never been to IKEA, but I heard that place is good too. Sweden just top notch. Um, let's just uh, let's get a word from our sponsors here. Uh, we'll come back and do the roundtable segment, uh, and uh, we'll end this thing on uh, strong strong point here. And now a quick word from our show sponsors and friends of Inside the Rink. BetUS. BetUS has your NHL, NBA, UFC, PGA, and yes, NFL betting labs for the 27th year of live betting. Sign up for BETUS.com with promo code RINK for your 125% signup bonus. Again, use the promo code RINK for your 125% sign up bonus. Play with a proven mainstay in the industry. BetUS, you bet, you win, you get paid,
3: betus.com. All right,
1: we're back, BetUS. Uh, I'm assuming they're live in Ontario, still haven't figured it out. I will get to the bottom of that for you guys. Uh, while we're off, Scott, Reminded me that I didn't mention Matt Sundin, Leafs legend. Boris Salming, Leafs legend. Uh, Kyle, for some reason, uh, said Radko Gudas. He's like, you didn't mention a, a Swedish defenseman, Radko Gudas. He's not. He's not a Swedish buddy. Way to go, Kyle. <laughs> uh, we're going into the roundtable session. Kyle, do you want to say anything else here that's gonna completely ruin your um, reputation on this podcast, or what are you thinking?
2: Uh, I, think I'll, I think I'll keep it quiet for today.
1: <laughs> Buddy's just crying over here. Whoa! So I'm gonna get. If you're gonna donate anything, donate a box of tissues for Kyle. I think I've said <laughs> that two weeks in a row.
0: So should we uh, touch on the the season high, career high, most of the Leafs players are having? Because they talked about that a bit in tonight's game.
1: Yeah, and I actually wrote about that on the last uh, last week's article. So let's touch on that for sure. Scott, take it away.
0: Okay, uh, most of the Leafs players are having uh, career-high endpoints, points, as just mentioned. Uh, in tonight's game, it was funny though. They, and Spencer pointed this out, they didn't put Bunting on the list. We weren't exactly sure why. I thought maybe it's because they—it was his first year to Leaf, so they didn't really want to base it off his past season or twenty something games in Arizona. But they had David Camp on the list, so that threw that excuse out the window. So I'm not really sure why they didn't put him on, but. Yeah, it's uh, it kind of reminds me of last year with the the Blue Jays. I mean, obviously, this team's been together a lot longer than that team has, but just the the semi-setting record for home runs by a second baseman and the, the Blue Jays kind of in line to set records for Blue Jays or uh, X amount of players having a certain amount of home runs a year is similar to this year with the Leafs, where, what is it, a, nine or ten players now are on pace or have already surpassed career high in whether goals, points, assists, Etc yeah. and are only getting Everyone more they their top nine. Yeah, and then the Leafs like as a team with points and wins So it just seems like a career year for the Leafs And hopefully they don't squander it Well, just make a quick joke here. What says more career year in Toronto than dominating the season and losing in the first round
2: Cricket cricket um, Yeah, uh, let's let's hope People we see that uh, out. Out. What's that? <laughs> Yeah, like crooked, crooked. yeah, I mean, I, I hope to see a uh, I'm hoping Realistic At least a first round win that's, that's all I ask for Is a first round win Obviously Stanley Cup Would be really nice But first round win If you lose in the second round I will be happy Because you got a first round win That's my take on this
0: Yeah, I think, obviously, I'd agree with the first-round win, and I'd obviously, again, want more than a first-round win going to Stanley Cup, because it's been so long since we've even been to a Stanley Cup final. But I feel like the media and other fan bases will still find a way to rip on the tr- Toronto Maple beliefs Getting out of the first round, it's, oh, well, you didn't have to face Boston, or if they, they beat Boston, then, oh, it's the first time in, eight years you made on the first round. So I feel like no matter what the even if they win the Stanley Cup, I feel like no matter what the Leafs do, they'll always be that team that all the fan bases always have an excuse as why they won, why they didn't win, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, first round wins hopefully more. But yeah, I'd agree with the first one win as as a minimum.
1: Uh just going back to the point that you had with David Camp and Michael Bunting Scott that I you said that I made. Mean. Uh, Michael Bunting's played uh, 103 NHL games, 77 with the Leafs so far. He had a cl- collective 14 points and and 26 games over two seasons. David Camp shocked me a lot. He's played 311 NHL games, 77 with the Leafs. Uh, he's got 25 points. His career high was 19 in 2018, 2019 with Chicago. Um. However, Michael Bunting had almost as many points as David Camp's career high in five years in the NHL as Michael Bunting had in one last year with 13. So I don't really understand why he wasn't on the list besides the fact that they're saying he, quote-unquote, hasn't played a full NHL season. But in reality, neither has David Camp. His career high in games was 70. Other than that, it was like
0: 46, 60, and 50. Yeah, I don't know. That's what I thought. That's why they didn't put him on because I never thought of the full NHL season, but just, it was his first year with the Leafs. So they wouldn't really want to show anything else before that. But then you point out that camp was on the list. So yeah, I have no idea why he wasn't listed, but he should have been. Um,
2: Kyle,
1: you want to add something on that?
2: I was just going to ask, um, Ilya Mikheyev, uh, what's, has he already surpassed his career high in points? He's he's one Like, I think he's got 18 goals too. Yeah, he I did remember. get his 18th tonight with that uh, that empty netter. Really unselfish play from uh, from Engvall on that. But okay, yeah, so... a lot of people were hating
1: on him for not passing it to Marner at the end of the game. Um, Why? I guess he was out there with the Island and uh, the Islanders game. I guess he was out there with Marner and Camp
0: or whatever, and
1: people are saying that he should have passed it to Marner so Marner could have got to 100 which
0: kind of yeah, pisses Mc- me off because McAv's k- previous career, I was 23 points and he has 28
1: this year. Damn. He's almost got as many goals as he did career points. Wow. Uh, let's ask, uh, let's go around the round table here. Uh, Kyle, we'll start with you. Um, we're going to save these and we're going to try and put them out, uh, up until the playoffs happen. Uh, what's your potential playoff lines. If you're playing in Tampa, uh, whether you're playing Tampa, Buffalo, or Boston, or um, say Florida, let's just break them down here. Uh, your top line—you don't have to worry about deep pairings if you don't want to. Just do the top uh, uh, twelve forwards.
3: Okay, so I'll
2: start off with uh, first line. Obviously, Bunting, uh, Matthews, Marner, Uh keep that together. They've been clicking all year. Um, second line. We will go Tavares, Nylander, uh, yeah, I'd probably put Nylander back up there. Nylander and, um, was it, Kerfoot? Third line, we will have Camp, uh, Engvall, and who am I missing here? Mikheyev. McKayev. yes, I read my mind. And then fourth line, uh, either of those teams, I would do the same thing. Um, keep it tough line, uh, Blackwell in the middle with Clifford and Simmons. And then depending on the game, I would probably put Spets in there just because he's a veteran, um, and swap him out with maybe, with maybe, uh, Clifford. But, uh, For the most part, I would have Clifford Blackwell and Simmons
3: as that fourth line.
1: You don't want that G or whatever Gordon Miller was calling him tonight. Yeah, it was annoying as hell. Apparently, that's how Gordon Miller's the Pat Tabler of NHL. He's always like, I was talking to him
2: before the game, and that's why he wants me
1: to say his name.
2: Yeah, did you hear the debate about that? Because there's something about like Italian people say that last name is this, but it's uh, he wants to. I'm not even going to try and pronounce his last name because I don't know what the proper pronunciation of it is now. But uh, I, I guess before is uh, like a lot of people were saying Abruzzese. Abruzzese?
1: but they're like saying Zayze Zay at the end. I would just go Abruzzese, but
0: Scott kind of got down by what Gordon Miller was saying. Okay. Uh, Abru- Apparently it's actually pronounced Aber like for Italians it's Aber-Saisi. Saisi. But then he was putting a G in it and saying Abergeezy. Oh oh yeah, that
1: just and he yeah. was on the top line all night. I was just like, I cannot handle this, man. Yeah, so
0: no, I,
2: I to answer your question, Spencer, no, I would I would not put him in. I like how they they uh they brought him up for the end of the year, but uh now it's playoff time. You need a big, bigger, tougher team. Playoffs is completely different than Regular season, uh, yeah, I would, I would not, uh, I would not play him in the playoffs. Nothing against him; he's he's been good from what we've seen. But uh, yeah, next year he'll uh, hopefully gets a bigger role and more time. But
1: hopefully he starts with the Marley's next year. Gets a little bit more acclimated with with men playing. I mean, I know he played some guys were like twenty eight playing college and university, but like. The AHL players that are on the top lines in the AHL are typically fringe NHL players. I think that he needs a little bit more time. Oh,
0: yeah. But yeah, I I have the same first line that Kyle had with Bunting, Matthews, Marner. They played phenomenal together all season. You don't want to split them up. Second line, I have Tavares and Nylander back together, but I have Mikhaev on that line. Add a bit more speed. McAfee seems to be, in the last stretch of games anyway, more confident with the puck where he's controlling the play in the offensive zone. So that kind of takes the pressure of Nylander to have to do that and it allows Tavares to get in position to potentially uh, get more goals. Third line, I'll go Camp at center with Engvall and Kerfoot as your energy line or scrum line or whatever you want to call it. Diggers, send them out when you're down. In a game and they'll try to get momentum back and then last line I have Simmons Blackwell and Spezza. I think Kerfoot or sorry, Clifford can play well, but I feel like Spezza in that situation and I know last week we said, well I said that if it's a more physical team you'll want Clifford, but I don't feel like Clifford's kind of produced at the level, even as a fourth line guy, like I don't think he's played well in the games that he has played barring that Washington game. So I, I, I think Spezza needs to be in there. And then same as Kyle, I wouldn't do our proceeding the playoffs. In fact, I'll go even farther and say, I don't think they should have brought him to the Leafs at all this season and should have just tried to stick him in there next season, whether preseason tryout or minors call up at some point next year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I'm
1: bringing him here. He doesn't really uh, seem to fit. Um, For my lines, I'd go Bunting, uh, Matthews, Marner. Obviously, that line. Best line, hockey.
3: Uh, second line, I'd go Kerfoot, Tavares, Mikheyev. Uh
1: Third line, I'd go Ingval, Camp Nylander. I think Nylander needs to be the driver on his own line. Uh, and then the last line, I would go Simmons, Blackwell. Uh, depending, if it's Boston, I'd go Clifford. If it's Tampa, I'd go Spezza. Uh, but also, if Kasha comes back, if Vajancy comes back, I'd put Kasha on a line with Camp and Nylander, and I'd put Ingval where Clifford slash Sim uh, is and put Ingval on the last line with Simmons and Blackwell.
2: I completely forgot uh forgot about Kasha. I forgot to take him into consideration. But yeah, I don't really do you, what's his status right now? Is he still on uh still on injury skating. Yeah.
1: He's just skating thirty minutes before the team goes on to practice and I don't know exactly um, how long he'll be. He's obviously got his like fourteenth concussion, so obviously, yeah, be a, bit, a little bit more careful with him.
2: Now I know we didn't mention defensemen, but uh, actually, this is a dumb question. I was going to say, who would you take out once Sandine comes back? But I know both your answers.
1: Uh, honestly, I wouldn't take on anyone. Um, well, barring if,
0: if, if Muzzin is in for Hall, you mean, if Muzzin's no, still out, like, then Hall comes out. Remember? You, uh, you uh, leaving uh, well, Hall in? No, because,
1: well, if, if, well, yes, if Muzzin comes in, but on the, on the left-handed shots, I think Sandy needs to play himself back in. I don't think you'd throw a guy with that could just came off a knee injury who doesn't have much experience in the playoffs into the uh, into the fight. I love Sandine. don't get me wrong. I just think that the left-handed side with, with Muzzin in there. So, yeah, I guess Hall's coming out. But I think Sandin needs to be
2: ready when he gets a shot and then
1: impress. Okay.
2: Yeah, because they, uh, they, they just said uh, earlier today that he will not travel with the Leafs for the upcoming three-game road trip. So that's... Uh, Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and then obviously he didn't play tonight. So after after Sunday we could see him next week, depending on how everything goes. So your take on is that you would not put him in the lineup. You'd just leave how things how they are now then?
1: Well, I mean, if I, I guess Scott's right, yeah. If Muzzin's back then Yeah, then he I think that he needs to work himself in. But if Muzzin's not back, then I would I mean I would put a I would put a pylon on the ice over Justin Hall, so I guess my answer is completely wrong. I would put him in. Only if Muzzin's not in. Scott, what do you
0: think? Yeah, I'm the same. Uh if Muzzin's back, then Sandine Hall are the, the two that sit. If Muzzin's not back and, and it's the line, the defense pairs from tonight, then, then Hall comes out and Sandine goes in. And 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 Sandine's
1: a good seventh defenseman to have, but um, like having Gio potentially play the left side with Brody on the right, um, even if even if Muzzin's not in, like I, I mean, I I would always put Sandine over Hall, but I would I would want Sandine with Brody or Labushkin, not Sandine and Lilligren. I like Giordano with uh, with Lilligren. Yeah. Yeah, I was just gonna say that I agree.
0: The, I feel like the would the, like... the optimal pairings are Lubushkin with Briley, Muzzin with Brody, and then Giordano with Lilligren. And then, if barg injury, they stay hopefully healthy. If not, then Mus or Sanding comes in for whoever's injured, and then Hog can
2: get shipped down to Minnesota and and never
0: play for the Leafs again.
2: Yeah, I really like how. Uh... Labushkin's adapted with, uh, with Riley because Riley's probably the most offensive defenseman that they have uh, at Waltham. And Labushkin, uh, you rarely see him even shoot the puck. He's always pass first kind of guy, just a stay-at-home defensive defenseman. So, he's have a you seen player. him shoot the puck? What's that?
1: I said, have you seen him shoot the puck? Uh, I. I don't know. He's like Martin Murinson 2.0. That guy oh, landed Christian? first slap shot tonight after like yeah after like two and a half minutes of pressure and and two icing calls and he just whiffed on it. Puck went by him.
0: He scored the other night. He did. Yeah, so. I
1: know. I'm just saying, like, like in reality, he's not an offensive defenseman. No. And, uh, his shot, his shot is just not that good.
0: Well, true. I'd rather him shoot than halt, though.
2: I mean, yeah. I mean. Yeah, shooting a nice muffin. A nice all brand muffin right at the goalie. Right into the right off the pillow. Buddy is just so bad, man.
1: Okay. And it's like he knows it. You know, like everyone in the everyone in the team knows that he's bad.
0: I, I honestly don't think he has any idea. Like he thinks he's Bobby Orr. That's what I feel like. He just tries to carry the puck up the ice, he's always get caught pinching. He's always trying to be involved offensively and he does not barely anything defensively. But I think in in his well, eyes he sees himself as Bobby Orr. He used or to be a Bobby four. Orr caliber. Well yeah, a Bobby Orr caliber defenseman. Maybe not Bobby Orr per se, but like I think I feel like he thinks he's the best defenseman on the team.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, I I hope I hope he doesn't think that. He probably does, you're right, but I hope he doesn't. But he actually, yeah, he, he did tell that story on Connor Carrick's uh, podcast, little live stream that he went from defenseman to Ford, and he said he liked Ford because there's no responsibility. This
2: guy this guy
1: is just brutal, man.
2: I think well, he was on Chicago before, I believe. Um, yeah, I don't know how many games he played, if he played at all, but he was drafted, I think, by Chicago.
1: I want to say. They, I- they
2: made the right cho- choice and get rid of him or got rid of him. Oh, they did. And the thing is, the Leafs still have them for another, another year. So hopefully, uh, summertime, goodbye. But Arizona's always yeah. a- <laughs>
1: This the, the thing that bothers me the most is that they protected him and got rid of, like, they brought him in to, or sorry, they brought in Jared McCann, McCann so they could keep Kerfoot and protect Justin Hall. That's, yeah.
2: Could you and imagine? Jared McCann has, what, 30 goals? 25 goals? He's, he's leading the points for the Kraken. I'm pretty J- sure. Justin Hall
1: played two AHL games for the Rockford Icehawks and 66 ECHL games for the Indy Fuel, which I believe is Chicago's farm team at that time. And then since then, he just skyrocketed to 60 games in the AHL with the Leafs, or uh, sort of the Marlies, and, and now he's... Oh, but there was that season that he only played a combined two in uh two games the one year and eleven games the next and then Sheldon Keefe game. So Mike Mike Babcock might have been onto something.
0: Uh yeah, and we've said since he came to the team that he's garbage. But just to touch on the Jared McCann point, he he may be leading Seattle in, in scoring, but I don't I I don't think and obviously I could be wrong. More than likely I would have been. But I don't think given the situation he would have played in Toronto that he would have done as well as he is now. In Seattle, I don't think he would have been a 35 30 goal guy. I think he would have, well, been, he would a, have been a nice guy on the second line. Yeah, but I, I would he have, I mean, yeah, I guess he the play style he has. But would you, if he only put up 25 points, would
2: you be saying the same thing? He's better than Kerfoot, in my opinion.
1: Also, Justin All's is a second round pick. Ouch. <laughs> Who did this guy fool?
0: Uh, uh, Kyle yeah. yeah but like what scout what scout saw this guy it was like uh, probably like he's... Uh, Craig Button <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah Craig Button or Sam Constantino or Constantino. he's so bad that during the pandemic the Leafs literally just put him on like a weekly or sorry daily uh, Instagram live to interview the other players on the team
3: like that was his role
1: He's literally goal uh what's his name? Um not oh, the guy the guy who in, in, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> From the Mighty Ducks, the original, not that
0: series that Kyle likes. Okay, uh, He was in that series too though, so. <laughs> yeah, Kyle's he, just he so came. about it. He came back for an episode. I didn't not that I watched Yeah,
1: Scott watched the whole thing.
0: I wouldn't I loved those movies when I was a kid. On Disney Plus. <laughs> Easy buddy. Um
3: let's look ahead look, at the just throwing
0: that out there, but uh Kerfoot has fifty one points this year, not twenty five.
1: Yeah, I, I wasn't saying that he had twenty five, I'm just saying like if Kerfoot had twenty five points, I would still want Jared McCann on the
3: second line over Kerfoot. Why?
1: I I don't Alex Kerfoot Could, just doesn't do it for me.
0: No, no, I
1: don't know. I feel like you've known this for a while, Scott.
0: No, I know, but I feel like you can say that. But I feel like, given the situation, I feel like you you well, would. That's me. like anyone then.
1: That's literally any argument with any hockey player ever. What like that? No, that I mean, argument like that he, having now, you
0: said. Yeah, but you said that even if he was putting up twenty five points, you would still take him over Kerfa. But I feel like if that was actually happening then you actually wouldn't be saying that. It'd be a similar to Nick Ritchie, where going into the season, we were all hyped for Nick Ritchie, and then he put up four points in 28 games, and then we were all happy to see him walk out the door.
1: Yeah, but the only good thing about Jared McCann is he makes, like, what, half of half of uh, Alex Kerfoot's contract right now?
0: That's yeah, what I'd want him last win. year.
1: Well, not going into next year, but... Yeah. This year. Yeah, this year. Like I, I don't know. Kerfoot, I, to me, is just overpaid. I understand he's got 51 points and he plays on the second line, but I, I would just rather him get traded and use the cap and sign someone else. I, oh, how about uh, trim to, uh, Columbus for, uh, strand? Yeah. His, I mean, his contract's not actually that far off. It's 2.9. And think what's about three and a half? Yeah. He's three and a half for the next two
2: years.
1: Yeah, well, that's the cap hit. The, the base salary, in real dollars, is three point three eight. So I guess it's not that much now. Still, I like the idea of having Jerry McCann on my team rather than Alex Kerfoot.
0: I was just curious to ask. And then, who's
1: one player like that in that in that realm of players, that level of players that you want to see on the Leafs? Like Kerfoot type players. Yeah, like the third-tier players.
0: Uh, I don't know. I kind of like the way the Leafs are constructed. And, yeah, obviously, they could use some improvements here and there, but I like I like the way most of the team is playing, players are playing. Yeah, I don't think I could answer that just on the spur of the moment. Honestly. Oh, I definitely could. And oh, yeah, hard. Jared McCann.
1: <laughs> no, Alex Wenberg.
0: Oh not Bjorkstrand.
1: No, Bjorkstrand makes too much. But Alex Wenberg, listen to this, Swedish. Okay.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Bonus. Sh-
1: shout out Swedes, love y'all. Um, but also him yeah, on a Swedish line. Swedish chef.
0: We forgot to mention him. Oh yeah, yeah. Swedish <laughs> chef.
1: He. I don't know if you guys have ever tasted his food, but he's like the hands down the best cook I've ever, I've ever tasted. Like he just he just knows what to do. Um, what? But Wenberg on a line with Ingvall and lander, I think that that would be would be a solid third line. Get rid of this curve foot. See ya. What do you guys think?
2: I think I think it wouldn't be bad, but uh, I think my my choice would be a better better fit. Who is
1: it? Bates Bataglia?
2: Why do you automatically assume it's like? <laughs> Um, Valerie Nachuskin. Oh, damn. Okay. I went a little off the, off the yeah, radar there. Big body. Uh, I did not check that one second. Yeah,
1: he's having a break on season, and he was bought out, so the Leafs could have got him, too. His cap is 2.5. 2.
2: Yeah. Solid. And he's a free agent. Damn. And man. he's only 27. Yeah. He's one of those players,
1: he's in that in that boat of players that uh, the team didn't want to wait for them to pan out, so they just uh bought him out and got rid of him.
2: That's Dallas, of
1: course, for those who don't
2: Dallas, know. Dallas, uh what's his name? He was kinda of quiet the last couple of years now. This year he's like got the most points on the team or he's up there. Oh, on! Yeah. He's been uh he's kinda similar to uh to chew skin in a way, and imagine those two—holy cow! What yeah. big rugged players. What is the penalty kill? Um,
0: here's a hypothetical. Now that we're throwing some out, and I know it's technically still mathematica- mathematically possible, but probably not realistic. But with the games Toronto's left, do you think Toronto could catch Florida in the standings? No.
1: Yeah, no. Florida's won ten in a row. Draws and gained any ground, and they've won what five, six?
0: Well, they're what 10 and 10, one in the last twelve,
2: I think.
1: Yeah, something
0: like that.
2: But, Yeah, I don't think so. Eight points back. We need to. We'd have to beat them on Saturday for sure in regulation.
1: Um, but who who does Florida have left? Like, who's left for Florida on their on their schedule? Because for some reason, Toronto has like, I mean, in reality, it's not that hard, I guess. But Toronto has like the hardest end of the season. Um, while you guys are looking this up, uh, for the viewers, one matchup that you guys should be looking for is the Vegas-Vancouver uh, um, playoff race yeah. there. Florida That's has tight. an easier
0: schedule. Does Do they? They play They're Detroit. Here. Detroit, then Toronto, then Tampa, then Boston, and then the final two games are against Ottawa and Montreal. What the fuck? Great. So, yeah. I probably should have looked that up before I threw out that question, or otherwise I wouldn't have asked it. But.
2: Yeah, so that was,
1: it was a solid question.
2: Three out of six wins, uh, at least. The other three will be tough.
0: But And, you know,
2: like, I mean, there's
0: always a chance Florida could lose to them, but.
2: Yeah, like, look at tonight,
0: the yeah, Red right. Wings ta- beating Tampa. Yeah, but I, I i think it's a slim chance. I feel like Toronto-Tampa have a knack for losing to to teams below them, whereas Florida this year doesn't seem to have that, that I've noticed anyway. Yeah, I, I agree on like that did, Didn't Scott. Florida lose big to Detroit earlier in the year, too? Or not Florida, Tampa?
1: Uh, No, yeah, they were, but then Tampa came back and beat them.
0: Uh, I know that. what game you're talking about there. Yeah, that
1: yeah, game is no. crazy. Uh, so let's get into the week ahead, and we'll wrap this puppy up. Um, uh, who wants to start the week ahead? we got the Tampa Bay game. We're doing a podcast Thursday night, or sorry, Friday night. One of those two nights, so we'll either drop Thursday, uh, Friday morning or Saturday morning. Um, but we only have one game ahead of that. Uh, so Tampa Bay game. Who's your starter? Who's the most valuable? What are they doing in that game?
0: Uh, I'll start. I'm saying uh, Toronto wins. I'm saying three to two. Uh, Campbell gets the start, and I'm saying Mitch Marner is the standout at one goal, one assist. Kyle, who you got?
2: Yeah, I've got uh Campbell starting will be a good test for him if uh if he's going to be playing Tampa in the playoffs um he had a test not too long ago I think it was maybe a month ago three weeks ago against him um and he was pretty good uh I have Nylander being the standout with one goal and one assist I think this game's been pretty solid and it's just going to continue into Thursday and uh I'm gonna say the Leafs are going to go in there and win four to three with a with a nail biter.
1: Is that an OT win or just regular?
2: Uh, the yeah, original. let's make it OT. That's gonna be OT. Oh, that would be a good game, man. Let's make it interesting. What's your take on it, Spence?
1: Uh, I got uh, Tron winning four uh, one. Campbell starting and Campbell being uh, the most notable. Obviously, he's going to stop um, however many shots they uh, they take, minus one. Um, yeah, I think that you're right, Kyle, is going to be a good test for him. I think Campbell's going to try and show the Leafs fans that he can definitely uh, get some Ws. Um, and then just coming up here, we got Florida Saturday, Washington Sunday. We're into the final week of the season. Um, the Leafs play when? Friday night?
0: Uh, like, next Friday? Yeah. Next Friday? So that's, that's the 29th, right? Yeah. 29th, yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. Tuesday,
2: yeah. Friday. Tuesday, Friday next week.
0: Okay,
1: well, we'll have, uh,
2: we'll have a podcast probably
1: dropping next Wednesday. Uh, and then We'll have a podcast sometime. Like I, I don't know. We'll have to figure it out because the games. But we will be doing a specialty podcast for the playoffs. Probably what guys Sunday night, like the May first or May second, like the Monday night just before the playoffs start. Depending on when the Leafs play.
0: Yeah, at some point. I mean, we'll have to. We'll have one for the Tuesday Friday game, right? And that'll come out when we'll do that one Friday after the Boston game.
1: Uh, yeah, just depending. Uh, my birthday is the next day, so I might be uh, might be out on the town.
0: Yeah. Um. um yes. Um, so then probably the Monday or Tuesday the following week. I'm good with. I think. If we want. Yeah.
1: Well, I mean, week. like. out oh, yeah, after like that 29th, we'll if whomever can make it, we're gonna try and put them out every playoff game for 30 minutes or so, just to kind of debrief what we've seen and what yeah. we think. But I want to try and do for the listeners, a playoff special on our opinion. We'll predict the series, predict some statistics, mm-hmm. make it fun. It doesn't need to be a long one. We'll, we'll do a 30-minute like a podcast just to try and get it out there for the fans. Uh, it seems like we're growing, so let's keep that up. Subscribe uh, to the podcast. Uh, like and follow it will be dropping tomorrow probably around noon 11 o'clock eastern standard time i don't know what that is for everyone else who listens outside of uh ontario um donate if you can I uh, we're we're gonna try and do a giveaway at some point so definitely uh donate um yeah like and follow buy some merch uh you guys got anything else to add here uh, uh, no uh sure.
2: yeah uh maybe maybe put in some donations to add to your guys uh super smash smash brothers uh subscriptions uh other than that i don't i don't know maybe maybe you guys need an upgrade from the Wii to a wii u or whatever they're called nowadays yeah switch yeah <laughs> okay yeah
1: kyle you're still living <laughs> in 2015 man yeah um Okay, well, if we if we don't if we have enough money donated, we'll buy Kyle a Super Smash Bros shirt.
2: Or uh, we actually? We'll give, a, we give we'll away. give
1: away a super yeah we'll give away a Super Smash Bros shirt. Uh, Kyle will have a, like a, a burner account on t- uh, Twitter trying to win that
2: because he's secretly in love with the Super Smash Bros on the Wii U. If we raise enough for that, then I will take a picture of me. In my Super Smash Bros. No thanks. Uh, T-shirt, and I will make it my profile picture on Twitter. Yeah. The, uh, also, I noticed that.
0: that I... <laughs>
1: What's that? <laughs> yeah, but I'm sure your followers will just die for that, man. <laughs> um,
0: yeah, isn't just you? Would leave stuff forever? So. Yeah, you might have
1: some more followers. I know that his account isn't fully set up, but definitely go to account. What is it, Kyle? Kyle Gillies 25? Yeah, (laughs) it
2: is, yes. Okay, just so we're clear here, is it Uh, Gillies or uh, Giles? Kyle Gillies 22. It's Gillies, not Giles.
1: Okay, and he's not related to the late uh, Clark Gillies, just so everyone knows. Uh, It would be super cool,
2: but... uh, Maybe way down there.
1: Way to go, Kyle. You're not related to a legend of the game.
2: Or uh, what's the other one? Colton Gillies? The guy who used to play for Minnesota? Remember
1: him? Yeah, you mean the absolute plug?
2: Okay, okay. You don't need to. (laughs) Um,
1: No, but in all honesty, uh, uh, let's just uh, wrap this up here and uh, have a good night. Take care. We'll see you back on uh, potentially Friday or Saturday morning. Peace.